This is Adventist World Radio Ghana, Voice of Hope. Hello, our wonderful friend. You're welcome once again to our study with the heart of the church. Today we're looking at repetition and word patterns and how these impact on the way we understand scripture. I'm here with our friends. Gloria Osei Bafo. And my name is Emmanuel Lai. Thank you so much for coming to the studio to help us with this program. Uh, we'll go into a season of prayer to understand God's word. Gloria, please pray with us. Father Divine, we give you praise this early morning for our lives. We thank you for having brought us together for the study of your word. Be with us through it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And so there is a concept we are looking at when something is repeated a number of times, especially the Bible does that also in places. How does that impact on our understanding of Scripture? Frank, please start with that with us. Repetition is very important in language. And they are used to lay emphasis or draw people's attention to specific things that we deem important. For instance, the scripture, sometimes you see three times repetition of a certain word. For instance, we have this word, holy, holy, holy. Holy, holy, holy. The angels, when they did that, they were only placing emphasis on the holiness of God. There are several others which we can find in the scripture, but at least this repetition draws our attention to the fact that they are mentioning or they are talking about the holiness of God. Okay, any more on repetition, Gloria? Mm, with um, the, the examples we are provided here, uh-huh. because the original language in, in the Hebrew language that we have, we would have to understand why certain words were repeated. And we are taught that the repetition is to lay emphasis. Like in Genesis 1, 26-27, uh, God created man in his own ma- image he created him male and female did he create that emphasis on created to show that it was actually God man was created we did not just evolve out of something um, so sometimes when in every language when there's a use of repetition then you know that there, there is a reason that emphasis to lay emphasis on, on, on that and in the Bible we have a lot of such instances that that was used just as my brother has rightly interesting and also they also we talk about word patterns not just a repetition there are some patterns that when they take also give meanings you know we're looking at a, a name Butros Butros Gali and actually we saw that Butros was a Peter so it's like Peter Peter Gali we're trying to find out why did was he called Peter Peter Gali but they have they, maybe also it has to do with the culture they have their reason why they repeat for you to know what they are trying to talk about what about the patterns also Frank the, the patterns they also work like the repetitions you know if you look at the book of Proverbs the pattern is just like poetic mm-hmm. you understand yeah and then you see a lot of rhymes in the book of proverbs so if you are reading it just flows like that and following it that way it gives you clearer understanding you understand so the patterns they also work just as the repetitions but one thing we also have to understand is that 
both the patterns, the repetition, they are all helping us to get clearer meaning, clearer understanding, clearer interpretation of the scripture. So while we read, we should take into consideration all this and they will help us while we search for the truth. Okay, um, want to add a word? And with the pattern. Yes. Paul's writings were much more stylistic. Uh-huh. Like yeah. when you get to Romans 8, 30, Eight thirty-nine. You see, that's pattern of nor neither this nor that. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor heights, nor depths, nor any other created thing. If you are just writing in normal sense, you might just have to use the comma, comma. But the stress on the no to put that emphasis that yes, none of these. Is, is, is going to be able to persuade him from the love of God. So pattern also indicates stylistically in language to show, to lay emphasis for a particular impact. Yes, and when we look out for those in the word of God, we also have those those impacts. Like Jesus would say, verily, verily. Wherever you hear the word, verily, verily, then you know that, yes, whatever is being instructed there, you should take seriously. So, what is a text in the context of the Bible? Maybe we'll look at it from definition and see how we can link it up. Frank, you can start with us. Texts are simply the words that we find. The words. But as we are looking at it in the context of the scripture, how to interpret it, what we need to understand is that words, they have meanings. But you cannot explain words in isolation. So then, the immediate context for which you need to understand a word is the sentence within which it finds itself. Then you build on to understand the sentence itself, and you see that before you understand the sentence, you have to also look at the bigger picture, for instance, a paragraph, and then getting all the understanding the paragraph, you link it to other paragraphs, possibly a page, a chapter, and the rest. So that is how you need to begin to understand the scripture. Look at the word, the first sentence, then the bigger picture, the paragraph, maybe the chapter and the rest. By so doing, you get more understanding of the word. Okay. Text and context. What do you have to say to that, Gloria? And and in addition to the context, not just uh, the passages, the paragraphs in which it occurs, we also can also consider the settings the time, the place within which that particular passage addresses. If we are very familiar with that, then we would know why and what that actually meant. Uh-huh. So when we ask and we want to understand context, we would have to get to study it within the wider context of maybe the chapter, whole book, and all that. But we should also get ourselves familiar with the prevailing conditions, the time, the, the, the conditions then and all that for us to be able to be abreast with the context within which the text was written. I know we could have a number of examples to narrow down to, but let's, let's look at maybe in the creation story so that we can, we can limit ourselves to that and then we can, we can close the program. Frank, look at the creation of man. There are some contexts there that we can pick. Yeah, so like I said earlier, you look at it from the sentence, the paragraph, and the rest. Now, building upon, you now get maybe a chapter. Mm. 
in the chapter, you come to get specific themes. For instance, like you mentioned, the creation story. It is a theme. You understand? It is a very big idea. So if you see certain things in the creation story, because you are, idea is, your mind is already on creation, they link you there to creation. Okay. For instance, in the creation story in Genesis chapter 127, the Bible uses Adam to refer to Adam and his wife Eve. The same Adam in Genesis chapter 2 verse 7 is used to refer to Adam alone. That was in the process God was forming him. But in Genesis 1.27, it was referring to humanity, Adam and Eve. So you will only understand these concepts when you are reading or you are studying the, the theme on creation. Otherwise, you look at Adam and you may think that Adam is only a man. Thank you so much. I think our time is up and uh, we have seen text and content. I don't know if you have a word or so for, to just wrap up. Yes, um, just as he was using with the word Adam, uh-huh. someone ever said that um, God said, for this reason man would leave the mother and the father and cleave himself unto the uh-huh. wife. So it denotes that when a man gets married, he should rather leave and then it's the woman that should find a place of abode for them. But as we are told, when you, you see man being used in the creation account, it's referring to both man and then woman. Thank you so much. Hello, our wonderful friend. You are welcome once again to your program, The Heart of the Church, where we study God's Word and we pray for the Holy Spirit to give us insight to understand and apply His Word to our lives. I'm here with our friends Gloria Osaibafo, Frank Pokoboyan, and I'm Emmanuel Lai, your host. Thank you so much for coming to help us with the study. We are looking at the books and their messages as blocks of or units of uh, understanding in scripture and how these things impact on the way we understand scripture. Uh, please pray with us, Gloria, before we start. Father, we thank you for this day also. We ask that you be with us as we go into your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, books and their messages. For what we have from our study, we're looking at mostly Genesis as an example. Let's dwell on that briefly and then we can go on. Frank? Yeah, books and their meanings. The, the basic theme that this session is telling us is that if you want to understand certain concepts in the scripture, we may be pointed to certain portions or certain books in the Bible. For instance, like we mentioned, the book of Genesis, the Christian account. If you go to the book of Exodus, the migration of the people of Israel to the promised land and all the things that happened on their way, you get it. If you go to, let's say, in the New Testament, Revelation foretells things about the, uh, the future, the end time. And then we have another one in the, uh, the book of Daniel, so if you want to read certain things, maybe some of these books will help. And that is what this portion of the study is drawing our attention to. And I think when we were doing our study also, we mentioned like uh, this revelation is where some people look at and they say they've prophesied. You know, we had coronavirus around and it was a bit devastating. But some of these things are mentioned in scripture before even the time gets there. And that is, I think, what you are drawing attention to. Can you add something to that, uh, Gloria? Mm-hmm. As we are told, the Bible is divided into books, and every book has its focus. 
And before you can understand the book very well, you should even be very familiar with the settings in which each book was written. And then you know what the book was written to achieve. As we have rightly mentioned, in this day and age, if you would want to understand the conditions around us now, it is better you read a lot about these prophetic books. Some were a letters, as in the case of Paul, to admonish, to guide the new churches, new congregations into proper Christian standards. So for every book in the, in the Bible, it has a particular purpose that it was meant to achieve. Recently, a friend asked that he thinks that around this time we should be reading the book of Revelation and Daniel back to back because it is now timely for that so that we would get to understand these seasons. And back to the book of Genesis, you see, the book of Genesis doesn't even, not just about creation, it also depicts the plan of salvation for us. In it, it's in that book that we have God's covenant with Abraham and then it's it makes that plan apparent such that it comes down and then shows that there, there is a redeemed generation remnant through which the Redeemer would come for the redemption of the world, the world entirely. So with that focus in mind, if you get to know the general overview of each book and you, you, you approach it with that in mind, you'll be able to really get the full message in that particular book. Thank you so much. Uh, and in that light, maybe not to play down the event, but is there a book we can go and read and find out about this coronavirus and how everything should come to an end? If people are still suffering, uh, what do we do? What books do we read? In um, fact, I don't see a book that you are going to see coronavirus, yeah. but then issues relating to the end time. Given that you also find ourselves in the end time, yes. the book of Revelation the book of Daniel are very relevant. One thing is that, like we mentioned, from the book of Genesis to the book of Revelation, if you read with the mind, like if you read, you should get something about Jesus Christ in every book. Okay. Every book. And that is how the scripture has been fashioned. So in each book, you see the plan of salvation. Even if it is not direct, you see an indirect reference to it. So they all come together to form a unified whole. Do I have to add a word? Um, mm-hmm. Even with this whole pandemic issue, someone asked, um, we have churches, we have a lot of Christians and pastors. This time around, the world is not looking up to you. We are all looking up to scientists to come up with an antidote. But someone raised uh, an issue like this. We Christians, we are not perturbed because we have this already foretold in the scripture. In the Gospels, Christ predicted this as part of the end time messages. So uh, everywhere in the Bible, just as our brother said, Christ is depicted everywhere. And we have certain truths all over. But just that each book has a specific focus. And, but they all come together to form that unified. Thank you so much, our dear friends in the studio. And our friend out there, we know you are listening to us, you are being with us. It's already time we have to end the program. But I think I want to mention, if you are suffering in any way from this pandemic and you are still having uh, an issue, uh, just look up to Christ and his word. And as we have stated here, um, 
God is able, more than able, to take us through this season. That is, if we are still going through any suffering of this pandemic season, may it be that the Lord will take us out from all this, and at the end, we glorify His holy name. Uh, I would bring this the program to a close because our time is fast spent. We want Frank to pray with us briefly. Shall we pray? Oh God, our King, we commit ourselves unto you once again, asking that the things that you have taught us today help us to live with them. Help us to put our focus on you, even while we study the scripture. And then you enlighten us for the world to come. We thank you for hearing our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We'll be looking at some more uh, insight, summarizing all we've done tomorrow, Friday, when we come your way. Until then, stay blessed. You are all welcome to the program, Present Truth. My name is Pastor Alexander Poku, and today I'm, I am happy to come your way to share with you the Word of God. And before I proceed, let's bow our heads down for a prayer. Our Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to meet again. As you're about to share your Word, we are inviting the Spirit to be with us, so that we will be given the Spirit of understanding, so that we will understand your Word, so at the end, it will be able to change our lives forever. So that when you come, we'll have a positive answer to uh, our, our, our questions. We thank you for this opportunity. In Jesus' name, we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. I want us to pick our Bible this time around and read from Colossians uh, chapter 4. I want to read something from verse 1. It says that, Masters, give your bond servants what is just and fair knowing that you also have a master in heaven. So, first of all, wherever we are, no matter our positions, no matter the, uh, the authority we have, I just want to remind you that we also have a master in heaven who is also looking at us, how we are treating people who are working under us, how we are treating people who, the people we are working with, the way we are instructing them. So that is what this scripture is, is reminding us that we should be careful how we treat them. When we, when we jump to verse 4, it says that, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. As I ought to speak. So if you are a boss, if you are a husband, if you are a wife, if you are, if you are a child, and you are speaking, you should know the power of speech, what's, what you are going to say, what it contains. So it is better for us to know. So I just want to caption uh, this uh, sermon uh, the power of speech. Yes, so whatever you are going to say, you should be able to sit down, analyze it, and know the effect on your listener before you say it. So that whatever we say should go a long way to glorify God. Now, when we read verse 6, it says that, let your speech always be with grace. That is what the Bible is telling us. Your speech must be be with always with grace. If you are going to say anything, if you are going to answer, if you are going to, to, to talk to your boss, if you are going to talk to your subordinate, if you are going to say anything as president to your members, if you are going to say anything as treasure to your members, make sure that your words are full of grace so that your listener can see that indeed you are a man of God. Don't just say anything. If you continue, it says that, 
um, seasoned with salt. So we know what salt does in our daily lives. Before, it was using to preserve things. It was using, if you cook food, if you want to know that it is tasteful, salt will make you realize that. So when you are going to give a speech, when you are going to say anything, no matter your level, no matter your position, it says that you should make sure that your words are seasoned with salt. And then the latter part is that it says that um, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. What is it saying? What it's telling us is that we should not have one answer for all. If you are talking to your boss, know that you are talking to your boss. Give that respect. If you are talking to a president, make sure that you know you are talking to president. Give the due respect. If you are talking to your, a colleague, your child, know that you are talking to your child. You should know how you have to answer everyone. There are people who have one answer for all. It's bad. When they speak, people go home, they cry. When they speak, people go home and they, 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 they have problems. They, they think that they are not like, they are not human beings. Always they do things to hurt people. Always our speeches hurt people. It is bad. It is not good for us to do that. God is telling us that this morning, whatever we are saying as Christians, whatever we are saying as bosses, whatever we are saying as a president, whatever we are saying as MP, whatever we are saying as a position we have, people of authority, we should assess it. We should know the effect on, on our words because people are dying because of what they are told. People are, people, people are, 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 are having problems because whatever they are hearing are no good. Husbands are treating their wives. They speak to their wives as if they are not human beings. Wives are speaking to their husband as if they are not human beings. They, they tell them like they, 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 they are useless. Please, whatever you are saying, know the effects of what you say on people. Know that speech can also kill. Know that we are killing people softly. We are killing people because of what we tell them. People are, are committing suicide because other people tell them that they are not beautiful. They are not supposed to live on this earth because they don't have what it takes to live. Please, if you are fond of doing that, it is better we pray to God to help us stop doing that. Whatever you are going to say to people, make sure that it is seasoned. Make sure that it's full of grace. Make sure that you are going to inspire people. Make sure that your speeches are going to go a long way to draw people closer to God than to drive them away. So we should be careful what we tell people. We should be careful what we say. We should be careful what we, we do to other people. If we continue hurting people this way, at the end of the day, people are going to say a lot of things. And if people are going to speak a bad things in return. And we think that our subordinates do not respect. But we don't respect them. If you speak to them in a way... That are no good. By all means, they'll pay us the same coin. So please, no matter our positions, no matter what uh, authority we have in this world, yes, we are pastors. When we go to church, our church members, yes, they are, they are there to listen to us. We should not speak anyhow. We should not treat them anyhow. We should know that, yes, they are there to listen to the words that will encourage them. Always they are burdened with troubles. Always they, are, they have a lot of problems. So when we, they come and our speeches add more to their woes, then they even feel bad for coming to church. They even feel bad for coming to listen to us. Most of the fathers, when we go home, our children run away. Our wives, they don't even stay to listen to us because we don't have good messages for them. Please, the word of God is telling us this morning that our 
speeches can kill. Our speeches can hurt people. We must speak words of inspiration to people. We must make sure that our words are filled with grace so that those who are listening to us can see God. Thank you for this opportunity to listen to the word of God once again. It's always better to just sit under the feet of God and listen to his word. So before I leave you, I want us to have a word of prayer from God so that we receive blessings from him. Lord God Almighty, this time we thank you for the message you've given unto us. You are telling us the essence of words that we use, the effect of what we sit on people, the effect of what we tell people. Lord, let us make sure whatever, whatever we tell people, we, we know, we calculate, they know the effect on people. So at the end of the day, our speeches will go a long way to bless people than to curse them. Thank you for this opportunity. We thank you for your word. We thank you for calling us as your children. We thank you for everything. May your name be glorified. In Jesus' name I pray with thanksgiving. Amen. We would like to hear from you. So call us on the number plus 233-50-15-61-849. Plus 233-50-15-61-849. You can also email us at the address AdventistWorldRadioGH at gmail.com. AdventistWorldRadioGH at gmail.com. You can also write a letter to us using the postal address Adventist World Radio Ghana, Northern Ghana Union Mission of Adventists, P.O. Box KS17564, Edum Kumasi, Ghana, West Africa. For AWR Ghana, I am Bell. May God bless you. Oh, oh, oh.